Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them. Once upon a time, there was a land filled with dry land. Ah, it's so nice out here. (laughs) Nothing's wet. It's dry. Good times, good times. There were two nerds who had way too much time on their hands. Oh, let's watch a three and a half hour long movie. Why not? Yeah, and then we'll talk about it for another 17 hours. It'll be a good time. And then they would be in a basket. A bagel basket. There's lots of crumbs, and it's gross. And now this world is covered in water. What the hell? It's supposed to be dry, and those bagels are soggy, and no cream cheese. And Uh. now they're in a water world. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Tear me apart, Lisa! You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff. You lose. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabe. We're gonna pass you the starter, the Bernoulli Convergenator. If he puts a car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curland. And I am Dwight Stearns. I'm back! Oh my Thank god! Thank you for having me back on your podcast, Scott. It's not. It's our <laughs> podcast. Jesus, that's the T-shirt. Thanks for having me back on your podcast, Scott. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And <laughs> we've come up with so many T-shirts this past, like, since January. <laughs> we came up with uh, for Golden Girls. It was I forgot this was the Alzheimer's episode. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good one. That's really good. Now that was on an episode that I was not on. No, that was the because it was on your podcast. It's not. Damn it! Thanks for having me back on your podcast, Scott. Damn it! What did we watch? We watched on our podcast on on Scott Curlin's uh, Writer's Bagel Basket, featuring Dwight, our special guest star Dwight Stearns. Um, We watched the probably a movie that I have seen. 10 to 15 times, but only on cable TV. This is a cable TV darling. Um, I saw this in theaters. You're a weirdo. This is like a TBS, like a seven, this is like a seven hour marathon is how long it takes when this one's on TV. Uh, We watched the Kevin Costner 1995 vehicle Waterworld. God damn it. And holy shit, is this a movie? But is it it a movie, Scott? It's a movie. Okay, so I got a I got a it's blurb a, here to read because Scott's been doing these blurbs on his podcast since I left. Yeah, I don't know what shout these out are. again to Jukebox Zeros for uh, Jukebox Zeros d- does for their uh, podcast. If you don't listen to it, Jukebox Zeros is Lee Martin and Pat Berry, and they w- listen to albums that are not very good or they're known for being kind of uh, controversial and. Because we're doing flop busters, and these films are either p- 
panned or they tanked at the box office or they're not really well revered, uh, I took a note and I did some research and I wrote little blurbs on why the films didn't do well. Which is what Jukebox Zeros does for their albums, correct? Yes. Okay, very cool. Thank you for um, letting us steal your idea, Jukebox Zeros. Well, well, they didn't let us do it. We just did it. You just did it on well, your podcast. Well, Lee is when when Lee is on in a few weeks, he's going to be doing this. I, I, You're I'm writing make him it. read the blurb? Yeah. Is he aware of this? Oh, Does yeah. he know that you've stolen this? Yeah. <laughs> did you have to pay him royalties? No. Good. That's what stealing means. All right, here we go. Waterworld has the most tragic story of the films we're covering this summer. Like Last Action Hero, Waterworld had a high budget of $172 million and made back $235 million worldwide and $88 million domestically. Space period. However, <laughs> I, I, however it, is considered a, it is considered a flop because of that nasty little PR marketing budget. Another film whose budget was never released, and that's never a good sign. Also, the high cost of reshoots and technical glitches that plagued the film from day one, including script issues caused by writer Peter Rader and David Tuohy. Did I say that correct? Yeah. Tuohy? Yep. Literally, T-W-O-H-Y. Tuohy. Tuohy, Tuohy. Um, Joss Whedon was secretly flown to the set to rewrite a large chunk of the film. He, he labeled it Seven Days in Hell. <laughs> Seven days in a watery hell, watery grave. Uh, Waterworld was the third collaboration between director Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner, star Kevin Costner. Uh, the first being Fandango, the movie site, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, this was to be the big film of 1995, but Universal uh, and Universal built special studios to look like water, a water-filled nightmare world. That doesn't sound like fun. Kevin Costner and Dennis Hopper had big paydays coming and the studio had nothing but faith in the film until they saw the dailies and then became concerned hence the almighty joss yet in a summer movie season of casper i saw casper in theaters that summer holy shit opening night uh batman forever and babe Waterworld was doomed what made matters worse what made matter worse was the film that took Waterworld down clueless was the film that took down was clueless Let's talk about, should I finish reading it? Waterworld. Yeah. the last word there. Waterworld. So, yeah, Clueless was the film that opened the same day as this. And Did no... it annihilate it? Oh, yeah. Clueless destroyed this movie at the box office. I would say rightfully so. I've, right, cards on the table, I've never actually seen Clueless all the way through. I've seen, like, chunks of it here and there on, on cable. Well, you're in luck because in November we're doing 90s movies based on famous literary works. Was Clueless based on a, a book? It's based on Emma. Oh, that's like a um, Jane, Jane Austen. Austen book? Yeah. Oh, damn. I did not know that. Yep. That's awesome. Yes. Cool. You're well, reserved it, so, for that one. So it's like um, 10 Things I Hate About You? How that's based on Taming of the Shrew? We're also doing that, too. Well, that's an awesome <laughs> movie. That movie's amazing. I love 10 Things I Hate About You. Haley's never seen it. Oh, it's a good one. You're in for a treat. Rip the Joker. Uh, oh, man. Two people from Dark Knight are in that movie. So, oh, sorry, uh, Joel. Uh, that's dark. Joe Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Um, Dark Knight series. So Waterworld was. I saw this in theaters. Um, I got there was this. You saw a lot of movies in theaters growing up, didn't you? I did, 
Um, some of it was my dad and I just bonding. Yeah, you've every time you've said you've you've gone to a, a movie, it's been your dad has taken you to it, which is super cool. I didn't get to see that many movies growing up because my parents weren't like super hyper into them, and it was it was only really once I got into. Um, upper middle school high school when i started like actively going to movies with my friends so it's really cool that you got to see all these like early 90s movies like the only movie i remember seeing actively in theaters around this time was a uh, volcano oh i saw volcano, volcano in theaters i yep. saw it at a birthday party i saw that in theaters um so with Waterworld, what happened was my sister and my mom were going to see clueless um with I think one of my sister's friends and her mom. And then my dad and I were going to go see a movie. Um, I think we were going to go see Batman forever again, but we took a kid who lived up the street. He wasn't really my friend, but my mom's like, come on. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have any friends. Like just, just Scott, can you, Scott, can you just, just give the kid a break. That's really nice. I was <laughs> and, the person who, who was who was no one's friend that people had to feel nice about. And then then uh, he picked Waterworld. He's like, I don't like Batman. Batman's stupid. And I was like, you're stupid. Well, Batman forever, though, Scott. Better than Batman and Robin. Yeah, but that's like saying like a, a giant turd is better than a tiny also, turd. Also, I was They're nine. They're still both turds. I was nine years old. In 95? Okay. Yep. I was only seven. Good for you. <laughs> so uh, the kid's like, can we see Waterworld? Oh, I should specify. He he didn't live up the street. He lived up the street and to the left. <laughs> oh, last house? Uh, Well, he, he was a kid that... I'm just asking if he was a murderer. Uh, yes, he lived on the house, <laughs> last house on the left. He ended up, after we saw this movie, the kid actually moved away to California. <laughs> like the next day, he was like, I'm like, done, I can't do it, I've seen Waterworld. Like a, a, a few weeks later, his dad got a new job working in, in uh, San Diego. Um, so he picked this movie, and my dad is like, you're not hanging out with that kid anymore. <laughs> He's like, I had to sit through this movie. So I saw it in theaters, and I I had a new tradition. I, I knew at nine that this movie was going to be horseshit. Like, <laughs> I saw the trailer, and I was like, wait, so what's the premise? And my dad's like, apparently there's a world. It's covered in water. Who's in it? Kevin Costner. Oh, what else had Kevin Costner done that you hated him so much at that point? Well, he was Robin Hood and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah, I, I hadn't seen that one. And so. I had, I, I saw that at a birthday party at a sleepover, and I was like, why isn't Robin Hood British? The guy who directed Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, directed this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it said that in the opening thingy, I think. Yeah. Um, and him and Kevin Costner were like best buddies in this movie, like destroyed their friendship. <laughs> so when, when I was at the theater, I, I knew it was going to be bad. I was like, no, what I'm going to get nachos. And like my tradition for when Solid. I know a movie is going to be bad, I get nachos and Mike and Ike's and like a Sprite. And that's, that's like my, your bad. Movie, that's my uh, bad movie. Comfort. Like comfort food. Mm. And I was like, this movie isn't that bad. Cause I had nachos. <laughs> I, no, you know, that's a fair way of looking at it. Uh, like I said, I think I mentioned in the opening, the, the way that I saw this movie the most growing up was, I think it was on TBS, maybe Avian. TNT. A, TNT, because, that's it. So what happened with TNT is it bought the rights to two movies that they showed all the time. It mm -hmm. was this and Shawshank. Oh, I, yes. Yeah. 
You're right. But um, so Waterworld, they would play it. And when they would play Waterworld on, on TNT, they would have to block off like a four and a half hour like length of time. And I, I'm, I know this is not an original um, observation of movies, but whenever you watch a movie on TV, the first like hour or hour and a half of said movie on TV, um, the commercials are like once every 10 minutes, maybe, maybe once every seven to eight but when you get to the end of a movie, they're showing a commercial every two minutes. Yep. Like the movie will come back on, it'll play for like one small quick scene, and then boom, right back to um, commercials. So I think that's why this movie suckered me in so much is because the opening stuff is as a kid even. I think it was really captivating, like these giant um, just shots of like endless water, um, discovering this world that they're in with all the the different people and how they're surviving and living. And I found that fascinating. And I'll then, say visually it's beautiful, but as mm-hmm. a movie, it's horseshit. Like horseshit is going to be the secret password of this episode. You're not wrong because despite how we've already mentioned this to each other before we started recording, we literally just finished watching this movie, not 10 minutes ago. I couldn't tell you what happened in it. Like, I don't remember the beat to beat stuff, even though like, I could tell me what happened in last action hero. Uh, yeah, yes, I could. Yep. Last action hero is pretty memorable. This one, it would be cheating if I said like, because I've seen it a lot growing up, so I understand. Although seeing it and always watching it on TV, I had never seen the opening, uh, the opening like ten minutes of this movie, so that was new and interesting to me. Lucky I'd- you, because you never saw him peeing into a vice that this a device. Well, well, first <laughs> he's not like he didn't like put his dick in a vice and then pee, Scott. <laughs> he pees into a cup, and then he dumps it into a device. That I, then- I meant like a vice that keeps like you know. Enabling him. Uh, okay, okay, like, okay, okay, okay. But yes, I I did. That's what I meant. And, <laughs> and we're sticking to it. And that's what I mean. But like, the this thing is disgusting. Dana Carvey did an entire stand-up special <laughs> where fifteen minutes was dedicated to this device. I, I've I've heard of it, and I've I've seen like YouTube clips of it because it's so infamous. But um. Yeah, I never got to got to see the pleasure of seeing that on TV. And what did it feel like watching him drink his own urine? <sighs> I had to separate myself because I, I was like, okay, it's a movie. It's fake. He's not really drinking his pee. But it's gross. It, it's what what's weird about it is like that type of stuff never comes up again. So it's almost like a gross out world building thing for gross out world building sake. Like, like in uh, David Lynch's Dune with the stuff that goes up your nose. Yeah. Like that. That's like, it's, I don't know. Lynch is weird, <laughs> but it, <clears throat> David Lynch was actually one of the directors, uh, discussed to make this movie. That oh that would, I would have loved to have seen his interpretation of it. Oh like, hi! Yeah, like the guy the guy in the um, in like the oil room, he would have been like cre- like vomiting the oil up himself or something. It would have been like super not existential, but I've, really I've, really out there. And like one of the guys would be talking backwards, and they would have like nineteen fifties <laughs> crooner music playing. That would have been so awesome. I would have loved to have like if some of them had like. Uh, old uh, vinyl stuff like on their um, little jet ski things 
that was just blasting well, old music. Dennis Hopper is a David Lynch regular. Is he? Blue Velvet. Mm. Yeah, Blue Velvet. Dennis Vel- Hopper's a nutbag. Uh, R.I.P. I love I love crazy old Dennis Hopper. <laughs> He's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. So this film, like, I we we said it in the opening. Like the quick synopsis is that we destroyed the Earth. And we melted the polar ice caps, global warming, <laughs> and we're all drowned and dead. Yeah, the majority of people on the Earth uh, ain't on the Earth, uh, which is, you know, a shockingly potentially real thing that could happen. Um, you know what's weird about this movie is like... Everything. Yes. So, so you have this literal world made out of water, and... I understand that the majority of the Earth's population is dead. You see maybe, like, a hundred people total. Maybe 200 if you count, like, everybody on the uh, on on the boat, the Exxon Valdez uh, oil boat. Yep, that's the big twist at yep. the end. <laughs> so, spoilers, sorry. But, so, maybe that's... There's, like, 200 people. This movie felt so small in the, in the sense that Everybody can find each other so quickly on the goddamn giant ocean. How do you, how do they how are they able to locate each other? Well, the, like the fact that he has the the plane that makes sense. But on but I the guess, mo- but have you ever heard of like people being shipwrecked and like they just never find them because finding an uncharted island nowadays is like impossible, and to find a moving target on. This massive expanse. I think. What? I think they want us to believe that this is the case because everyone else except for Dennis Hopper's crew has sailboats, the equivalent of a sailboat, and yep. you can't go that far on a sailboat. And so, like, if you think if you left this person here, they'll probably be like fifty feet down by the time you go back. I guess. It's it's a suspension of disbelief that is just such bullshit. It, it is. It is. It in the moment it didn't super bother me, but it's like fridge logic. I'm like, "Wait a minute. Okay. That doesn't make sense." Like this was a vanity project for Kevin Costner. He, oh, cuz it's a starring vehicle type of deal. Not just a starring vehicle, but the movies that he's made like after this, I mean, before this, was he won the Oscar, or he won two Oscars for Dances with Wolves, and then he did JFK, and he he was just, like, on top of his game. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do something that is, you know, has a message about us destroying the Earth, and I'm going to, you know, make it for the most money ever. Because, like, his his paycheck for this was, like, almost 30 million dollars and he used most of that paycheck to pay for the rest of this movie which is pretty nuts because he believed in the movie so much and it lost so much money now part of the reason it lost a lot of money wasn't it because like while they were shooting didn't like their sets get like wrecked by natural disasters multiple times yeah because they were just open in the middle of the water yeah they they so they had to on the reshoots, they had to build this water world in, like, Universal. They had to, like, fly back to L.A. from Hawaii, from that area, mm-hmm. because their sets in the middle of the goddamn ocean were destroyed. Got wrecked by, like, a hurricane or something like yeah. that. 
Yes. This movie. Because, like, Universal is like, we can make this for on the cheap if we just shoot in, you know, a water studio. And then Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds are like, no. No, we want water world, not water studio. Jerks. That's actually something they said. Was it? Yeah, that's the sad part. Well, I was I was joking. That's sad. <laughs> that that's sad that that two grown men said something that you know two podcasters are making fun of them for. We're two grown podcasters, Scott. Yes. And you're the podcaster. I'm just the guest. Oh, stop that! <laughs> Never gonna stop. Now, now I'm just gonna market this as the return to Dwight. <laughs> return of. Dun dun dun. It's like I'm a I'm a villain. This is a sequel where I've come back. Uh, this to week, murder you. Just make it fast, man. I just watched Waterworld. I'm already de- depressed <laughs> as it is. I'm I'm like Yellow Rain Slicker Man with saggy droopy eyes. Oh, Last the Ripper. Here. Yeah, the Ripper. The Ripper. Um. Anyways, Waterworld. So, so Kevin Costner was so impossible to deal with. He wanted to do his own stunts. He wanted to have first say on his own rewrites. He didn't like how Kevin Reynolds, who was his best friend at this time, this is a man who actually gave him his first role in Fandango and like helped make him a star. He basically screwed him over on this. Oof, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like Kevin Costner proved what a prick he is making this movie. And then they're like, well, it's still Kevin Costner. We'll give him another chance. And he made The Postman. I've heard of that one. I've never actually seen it. But it's, it's notoriously like, bad, right? It's like Waterworld, but... All the water's gone, there's no water, nothing but sand, and he is a postman who, that's like a code for soldier, but he still delivers mail. Oh. So it's like how this movie was trying to be Mad Max, but it was super trying to be Mad Max. Without cars. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Fair. I keep on confusing Kevin Costner with Michael Keaton, like... Because they were both relatively large at this time. And they had kind of the same trajectory. Yeah. But has Costner made a comeback, whereas oh, Keaton totally has? Costner's made a comeback because he, he was in um, he was in Hidden Figures. He was in uh, Man of Steel. He's... Oh, that's right. He played um, Superman's bad dad. <laughs> bad was, dad? Yeah, he was like, hey, let everybody die. It's fine. Well, don't don't be a superhero. Well, that's Superman. That that's what that's because the guy who directed and wrote those movies had no idea of the source material. Fair, but he was bad dad. Yeah, he was bad dad. Um, so yeah, Costner has had a comeback. Okay, yeah, um, not right. as strong, like not as noticeable as Michael Keaton. Well, yeah, because Keaton he didn't did he he didn't win the Oscar, but he was in Birdman. Yeah, he and was nominated for Birdman, and then the following year, um, Spotlight won. Yep. And then Spider-Man. He was amazing in Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He's... Oh, did you did you hear his uh, commencement speech? At Kent? I know he ended it with, I'm Batman. Yes. Other than that, I That's don't know. That's all you need to know. Fair enough. He's like, if I can leave you with two words, it's this. I'm Batman. <laughs> and, like, the crowd cheered. That'd be funny if that was the only thing he said. His weapon was like, hey. I'm Batman. And then just left. Where Kevin Costner would be like, now I'm going to speak some of the language of Waterworld. Wait, where are you going? That's him. Hamunda. What's it called? Portugreek? Portugreek, yeah. Apparently, like, Portuguese and Greek combined in this world. And not, like, Chinese, the other most popular language in the world currently. Or, like, Spanish. Uh, by, By looking at the poster right now, 
they they give away the entire premise of the movie. I mean, it's the, just it's just the the map and sunset and his eyeball. It's the map, but the map on her back I thought was was turned the other way. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. They give the twist way. Yeah. Um, but this movie the twist is so stupid. I mean, this movie's great though. <laughs> I know you don't mean that. I uh, I don't know. I I remember. Okay, I think that part of what it is for me with this movie is growing up. I remember hearing so much like the movie sucks. It's terrible. It's it's the worst movie ever made. It was like one of blah blah blah. And I remember watching it and being like, this isn't that bad. I don't get why people are saying it's it's so bad. And so I think I just because I'd heard so much negative things about it because it it exceeded my expectations. My opinion of it kind of swung in the positive direction, and I still have positive memories associated with it because of that. The only thing that I I like had pleasant memories and the only thing I liked when I saw this movie when I was little I was like, "Oh, you see someone's butt." Yeah, it's a nice butt too. Lots of butts tonight. She she had a body double. Yeah, that well, this doesn't make me sad cuz it was still a nice butt. No, no, but. I just the, the, what she had to do was so creepy like Gene Triplehorn, who plays... Uh, what a name. That's an awesome last I name. I love Gene Triplehorn. She, she, I love her name. I don't know anything about she's her. She's great. Uh, she was in Sliding Doors, and she was in a bunch of... Uh, she's on Big Love. So she had to go into her boat trailer, because I guess they have like boats instead of trailers. <laughs> call those bailers. Um, and she had to have like three or four women as body doubles stand and she'd be like, you take off your clothes, you take off your clothes. And she's like, it was very odd and weird. And I don't normally mind doing nudity in movies, but I just didn't want to be naked in front of Kevin Costner. There's the t-shirt. I just didn't (laughs) want to be naked in front of Kevin Costner. But that's interesting because you only see her butt. So it's not like they couldn't have like had stuff on her front to, you know, not have her be fully naked in front of Kevin. Like Costner. body paint, body or- paint, or like pasties or um, merkins. I think they're called. <laughs> like there are um, things. Merkin. I think that's what it's called. It is called yeah. a merkin. It just there, there, so there are ridiculous. things that people can wear that so you, you can't tell. Uh, I like the things that people do in this movie don't make sense. Like when Kevin Costner shows up, so. His whole spiel is that he's a mutant. He has gills, so he can go to the bottom of the ocean. He can breathe underwater. Yeah. Like that's like, and clearly he's not affected by pr- by water pressure either. So he's he has that type of mutation, and he has um webbed toes. So he the fact that he just swims underwater and he collects dirt because dirt is the currency. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, okay, it makes sense from a if everything was covered in water, what would the rarest things become? And dirt is definitely one of them. And dirt actually does, you know, like serve a purpose. It like lets plants grow, which is like you see, I think, two or three plants before they before the ending. Like you see like a lime tree and you see a tomato plant and like they're like highly regarded. And she has a, an apple plant, too. Oh, does she? Yeah. I missed that. Um, I just... <laughs> Kevin Costner, his look in this movie, like he's, I know, I know at this point he was like in his late thirties, early forties, but he looked like he was. Is he really that old? Yeah. Damn, he's in his sixties. Yeah, he he looked old in this movie, 
Like, he's supposed to be this big hero, but he looked like your dad. Like, not not, you, <laughs> no, not your dad. what you mean. Not, but he looks like someone's dad. You're not wrong. There are, there are so many times, because everyone, it's called Waterworld, everyone is constantly wet. And, I mean, for someone who's late 30s, early 40s, Kevin Costner's in very good shape but like there because your people were constantly He's got dad wet, bod though there was there was times where like he would have his hair pulled all the way back and it when your hair is wet there are times where it, even if you're not it looks like you're going bald and it was just like really weird to have your lead action star just look like a dad like it was really weird especially for around this time because we're only two years removed from the last action hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's still in like giant like footballs for biceps oh, mode. That like, that Arnie is my favorite Arnie. Like, he, I in my opinion, that in Terminator Two, he's in the best shape. He looks great. This Kevin Costner was like two or three years removed from Dances with Wolves, where he's like cut and like he has like this full mane of hair and this like Grizzly Adams beard, and all the women are like, "Oh my God, it's Kevin Costner. He's." gorgeous and now they're like oh my god it's uncle milt (laughs) he's uh he exists he looks horrible in this movie yeah i think part of it has to do with like the setting and and just i thought that one-eyed dennis hopper looked better than him because he didn't have hair because he didn't have the hair that was constantly getting wet and gross and like being weird and, and making his head look funny the the people who turned down the role so They'd never give Kevin Costner a name. He's just called the Mariner. Like, like he's supposed to be this folklore, like, all-American hero, or I guess... Yeah, he's like a mythical person, like, or something. They try to make him like Mad Max. Like, this entire movie is like water Mad Max. But the Deacon, played by Dennis Hopper, this role... Also doesn't have a name. His name is the Deacon. That's not a name. (laughs) That's true. Unless his name is Deacon and he just put a the in front of him. <laughs> that would be so Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Deacon Jones? Uh, just call me the Deacon. <laughs> his role was turned down by Sam Jackson, James Caan, uh, De Niro, Pacino. I would have loved to see Pacino. Oh, he would have been so insane. Oh my God. What do I have to say? I get it. You got gills. It's... Great. <laughs> and uh, Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne turned down this movie. And the movie he made instead is just as bad. He made, uh, yeah, this was after What's Love Got to Do With. He made a fled with Stephen Baldwin. Dennis Hopper did? No, Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence instead of making oh, okay, this okay. movie. I was going to say, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> Dennis Hopper and a buddy, uh, Crime caper. <laughs> I still call him Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne? I call him Cowboy Curtis. That's fair. I call him... I forget what the name of the character was he played in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. He was in Nightmare on Elm... Yep. He was the. He was an orderly. Like he, he worked at the mental hospital. That's messed up, man. It was awesome. He was a good guy. He was a good dude. I... I the, the, okay, so the two characters that I like... And I told you that this movie would have been better. Kevin Costner's character is a... Dick. Yeah, I don't rem- I did not remember him being as much of an ass as he is. Like he is very unlikable and until the end and you already in mm-hmm. this movie is like almost two and a half hours. So if you don't like him till the end of the movie, 
you're not going to like him for almost 80% of this film. Yeah, and, like, the the portion where he does get, like, when he's storming the uh, the oil tanker and he's, like, trying to get back Enola, I think her name is, the little yeah, girl. Yeah, Enola. Um, and she's talking about him like he is some crazy mythical cre- mystical, mythical she, dude. She's and literally all she's talking seen, about him like he's Batman. Yeah, and all she's seen him do is, like, Catch a fish really good. Like, and he killed a pedophile. Uh, yeah, but she didn't see that. She just saw him. But the, the pedophile comes out and he's going like, eh, my back, my back, I got stabbed, and then he dies. And then he falls over dead. But and like, that's it. But at this point, like, this is where I feel like this version of, of The Mariner was rewritten by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Like, this version where he actually likes her. And, like, teaches her how to swim. That felt like a Joss Whedon character. Okay. Where the one before, um, David Towie, I think he wrote, I think he wrote Spider-Man 3. Oh. That's not good. I think. Or Tui. He wrote something that was very, like, known for being terrible besides this. David Tui. See him at Comic-Con here. Writer... He wrote Critters 2, the main course? That's such a good movie. I love that movie. What was that, 92? Uh, 88. Critters 2, the main course. 80s movies are great. Yeah. He wrote... We wrote some okay stuff. He wrote Pitch Black. That's what it was. He created Riddick. Yeah, he did create the Chronicles of Riddick as well. So he made... And he he, wrote an early draft of Alien 3, but who knows what the fuck that means. (laughs) Because, like, that movie went through so many rewrites. So Pitch Black, he, he wrote the first draft and then it was rewritten. And they're like, this did well. Do you want to write the other ones? And he's like, I sure do. And he made it so weird. And they're like, oh, this is that Waterworld David Dewey. <laughs> like, I know people really liked the first Pitch Black. Like people, re- I know I have friends who really liked the, I the do. early stuff. Yeah. I love the first Pitch Black. And I said I have friends who do, Scott. <laughs> Ouch. Just kidding. You're a good friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Stop it. <laughs> Um, because the first Pitch Black was made for nothing. Oh, I believe that. It, it was made for nothing. That's it why it was so like, good. Wasn't it also like before Vin Diesel was like a big name? Yeah, the only movies he had made up to that point was Saving Private Ryan and The Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah, one of which he was a voice role, and the other one he didn't do very much. He was was he wasn't he just one of like the dudes? He was one, he was part he, of the platoon. Yeah, like I think uh, Officer Alonzo was his character's name. He's like. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, Sarge, our capped. He reminds me, she reminds me of my niece. She looks my, like my niece. Those are his lines, and then he gets shot in the head. And if you're upset, you have like 20 years to see that movie. I am Groot. <laughs> uh, but David Toohey, the his character is like, if you think about Riddick and this guy, mm-hmm. they're very similar. They're unlikable guys Yep. that everyone wants to be the hero you know what the weird thing about this is like reflecting on it now throughout the movie at no point except for when the mariner is in the cage at no point does it feel like the mariner doesn't have complete control over the situation so there's no tension whatsoever like at zero point does it feel like oh oh maybe things are going south maybe this isn't going to work well i feel that way I feel that way about Tom Cruise in every movie that he's a producer on because Kevin Costner was a producer on this movie. He's like, so I can't die. Nothing bad can happen to me. Like, 
I don't want it to be too tense. I don't want it to seem like I'm going to get in too much trouble because I'm the producer and this is my movie and I'm the star. That's what Tom Cruise does. Like, that's why in the Mission Impossible movies, when he's doing those crazy stunts, you know nothing bad is going to happen to him. Where Kevin Costner in this one, he did all of his own stunts, or most of his own stunts. There was some pretty cool stuff when he jumped against the um, the sail and, like, slid down that. That was pretty neat. I like the way that looked. Do you remember what I said to you about how I just picture him because he's so drab and monotone? Like, in his head, he's just going, as he shoots up into the air... <laughs> yes. Yay. Speaking of drab, though, uh, while we were watching this with Haley, one of the very first things that she said was, it would be really nice if this movie had color. Speaking of drab, this movie is like blue and brown, and that's it. There's no other, like, accents or anything. It's you know why? Because... I don't know. It was the eight, uh, the nineties, and they didn't believe in like accent colors. No, because this movie is a piece of shit, and those are shit mm, colors. <laughs> if your poop is blue, Scott, you really should go to the no, doctor. No, what? What's the water? My water's clear in my toilet bowl, <laughs> unless we just cleaned it. There, that's blue. Gross, that's blue. Scott, you need to go to the doctors. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just mm. it just. Everything like also, there's a line where, uh, we're calling him poor man's Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, you nailed that. Like you I was got like, that 100% I was like, right. I was like, I feel like Willem Dafoe was offered this role, and he's like, I'm not doing this, and that's my Willem Dafoe. So because there was like a there was um a, hun- a henchman who looked like he should have been played by Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and he goes, you know, you could take a nice clean water bath, and I was like. With you? <laughs> like, Are you hitting on me? Like, Because he goes up to Kevin Costner and he's like, you're a tall drink of water. <laughs> and, I'll take a drink of water. And he's like, you should uh, really take a bath. I could join you. I could get behind your ears. I could bone you in the bum hole. These are actual lines from this movie, guys. <laughs> That's what Scott is telling you. Just everything about this movie is just... This feels like a very, like rapey movie like everything made me feel uncomfortable the entire time yeah this it's it's a product of its time clearly in that like casual sexism is still acceptable it's playful misogyny yeah but no you're right but also at the same time like not that i want to say that it's acceptable and that's not what i'm saying at all but he's not in, in in a society where things have kind of devolved I feel like if you're encountering people at sea who are pirates, which is essentially what everyone in the Mariners line of work are, like, what are pirates known for? They're known for pillaging and taking women and doing what they want with them. So Cause the first- it's not far-fetched. It's not enjoyable to watch by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not shocked that that is an issue that they are encountering in fantastical water world. Because the first thing J Triple H does... That's what I'm calling <laughs> The first thing Jay Triple H does when she gets on the boat is she offers herself to him and she just takes her clothes off and he goes, put your clothes back on. Which, like, so that was one of the only moments where Kevin Costner's character comes across as not a not, 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 not the worst person in the world, especially later in the movie when she asks him, like, why didn't you do anything? And he was like, because I could tell you didn't want to. 
Yeah, so uh, he I was think, woke before woke was yeah, woke. I think what he said is because I could tell you didn't want to and you didn't like me. And it's like, oh, it's sad. Yes, it But he was also an asshole. Why would, why would she like him? Well, be, uh, he also thought people didn't like him because he was a mutant. Because like when he gets to um, the harbor, the first thing they do is they lock him up because he's a mutant. After they find out he's a mutant. Oh, yeah. Like, the first thing they do is they're like, will you impregnate all these women for us? Which was like, it made sense. But because, like, they were specifically even, like, citing the problem. They're like, hey, we've been here for a while, and we're getting to a point where we're going to have to start, like, super inbreeding with each other, and that's going to ruin us. And he was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> Come on. This is Sheila. That's uh, Timberly. <laughs> <laughs> they just have weird almost human names, like, almost normally. <laughs> Does anyone out else have a name outside of Enola? Like I don't remember. I don't remember J Triple H's. Yeah. Um, I mean, that there's actually a writer's bagel basket all star in this movie. Uh, um, scary German guy from Monster Squad is one of the elders. I was on that episode. That was a good episode. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you for having me as a guest on that. Oh episode, my god! Scott. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to tell everyone you're going to be back on every episode. Well, they're going to be very shocked and confused when I'm not. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. It, just, it's so weird. Like, it feels like they, they wasted their entire budget on first stars on Dennis Hopper and Kevin Costner that they couldn't get, like, um, they originally had, as Enola, they casted Anna Paquin. Oh, she was like super hot around this time. Wasn't because she? was she, this around the time of like the flying, the geese flying one. Well, I think she made that movie instead of doing this. Oh, probably smart on her part. But she already had an Oscar for the piano. Oh, that's right. And that's why they could. That's why they didn't go with her. And they're like, oh, she won the Oscar. We can't afford her anymore. And well, Jean, who they went with though? What's her name? Tina. Tina Majorino. Tina Majorino. Majorino. I mean, she's really. She was a really good. She did. I think she did a good job. Yeah, this was her third movie, like third starring movie at the mm-hmm. time, because she did Karina Karina, which that movie is depressing. Uh, did you ever see that one? No. Whoopi Goldberg plays her uh, maid slash nanny. She's. Is it a period piece? It or? takes place in the nineteen fifties. Ray Liotta plays her dad. Her mom died. They're Ugh. atheists, and Karina tries to teach her all about you know god and jesus and that like there's a plan and and you know the girl she's a mute at the beginning of the movie and then she starts talking okay it's depressing as hell and then the other movie she made was andre (laughs) okay okay and she went on to be uh to be deb in um napoleon dynamite are you drinking one percent milk because you think you're fat you could be drinking whole milk if you want. Thank you. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. She was also Mac on uh, Veronica Mars, the TV show, and the movie. Which I have not seen. Oh, she's so I've good. heard good things about it, It's though. such a good show. And this, she's actually pretty good. I, I, I told you that I felt like this movie, if they wanted it to be Mad Max, Kevin Costner should not have been the main focus. No, I agree with you 100%. He's like one of the least interesting interesting characters. It should have been... Uh, JT th- J 
JH uh, cubed. <laughs> J Triple H. Yep. It should have been her because um, he is boring, bland, and flat. And she is the only, and she is somebody who has an actual like want and goal. And her character could have changed interestingly over the course of the movie. She should have been the main character. She should have been the central focus. And Kevin Costner should have been in the Mad Max role and just along for the ride swept up. I 100% agree with your assessment on that. Yes. The way to describe Kevin uh, Costner's enthusiasm is if he is a father who is a college professor at a local university and he just got tenure. (laughs) Phoning it in. He's just phoning it in. He's like, oh, I'm making my money anyways. Here we go. He just always looks so bored and, like, grumpy. Like, I I don't... I I get at the beginning when he is keeping them on the ship for a little while because they saved his life. Or, like, that's what he did is he took them along. But immediately afterwards, he has no reason to keep them there. Like and we he gotta has, kill the little one. Yeah, he has shown that he's willing to murder the the them. Why doesn't he just throw them off? Like that part of that makes his later um, actions a little false for me. When he's like, "Oh, you didn't want it," and blah blah blah. It's like, bro, you did not care. Unless like, but that was secretly... because of a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably it. Unless he like techni- like the character technically secretly did care. In which case, they did not portray that well enough he was just so grumpy in every scene like the my favorite my my two favorite things in this movie were j triple h and tina Majorino. like i thought they were both great um except i don't understand how everyone looks so dirty and disgusting and j triple h always looked great oh yeah she looked like she always just stepped out of the um the shower makeup trailer yeah yeah like she always looked like they're like, oh, well, your skin needs to be smooth and look beautiful. Let's put some Vaseline on you and some baby oil, and <laughs> you're gonna look wonderful. Aren't I supposed to look disgusting? Not you, J. No, Triple you're H. Beautiful. Like, you're I like mean, caveman drew on walls. From, from from a um, a male gaze perspective, I did not hate that decision, but it did not ring properly in the. Uh, I mean, in, in the movie, even in Mad Max Fury Road, they they look kind of dirty but they're still gorgeous brides yeah no i agree but, with that so make but her... that actually kind of makes sense though because they've only just been freed and they've been kind of pampered up to this point but they still get like, gross you're, you're, yeah they do over the court you're right but she always looks great furiosa uh or j triple h oh yeah okay sorry yeah the only thing that they make her look bad is her lips when they start to get a little dry but everything else her skin still looks smooth <laughs> yeah well it, i don't know Everyone should have been a lot more sunburned, or at least gotten skin cancer. Like they were just out there in the middle of the sun. How they made this movie is beyond me. It it is so. There's one thing. Okay, so the three biggest stars in this movie are not who you would expect them to be. Well, besides Kevin Costner and Dennis Hopper, the third biggest star in this movie is not even J Triple H. I think it's. Are you gonna go with Jack Black? It's Jack Black. Jack Black's in this movie. And he plays the pilot, and if you didn't know it was Jack Black going in, you wouldn't really know because he looks so disgusting. Well, yeah, because he's wearing, like, goggles. He has, like, a beard, and, like, he you can't see his face. It's pretty obscured. You can kind of hear it in his voice, 
And then there's another hey scene immediately after that, uh, the the pilot scene where he's sitting in the background, and I'm like, oh, that there's Jack Black. I see him right there. But other than that, you can barely tell it's him. This was like, uh, I think this was right after or um, during the release. I think Airborne was '94, so this was like right after Airborne. Where oh, he, okay. Where he's one of the guys. He plays uh, Rico. Uh, well, he'd been in movies for a while. He was in. Um, Neverending Story Part Three. I think that was his first. He plays role. like a fawn or something, right? He's, no, he's a bully. A bully. He, he's a real world bully. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, Jack Black. He is. He's great, but in yep. this, he's wasted. Yeah. I, at this point, he wasn't a starring role or a household name. But I, you're right. Hands down, he was wasted. But I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked he didn't have a larger role. It's not like there was a lot of comedic stuff going on in here, and that's where I feel like he would have shined the most. Yeah, is in a comedic role. Michael Jeter is supposed to be the comedy relief. He is uh, Gregor. He's the the guy who accidentally turns on his hot air balloon and ends up going uh, yeah. through. He's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm leaving you behind. I'm on my hot air balloon. I'm the I'm the wizard." And I told you his us. sad story. Yeah, you want to reiterate it for the for the podcast? Ah, uh, he was he was so deep in the closet. He was he was a big gay advocate, and he died of AIDS. And no one knew he made. He wasn't a big gay advocate. He was he was a big gay. <laughs> Thank you, Dwight. Well, you said he was a big gay advocate, and like well, I'm sure he was, but he was also a homosexual. Yes, and that's where and, he got AIDS. Yes. And Which is very sad. No one knew. He was good friends with um, Tom Hanks, and he found out. I guess he found out on Green Mile that he he was sick, and then he was filming Polar Express with Tom. Wasn't like two thousand one. He died making that movie. Well, that's too bad. I yeah. wish the movie was better. <laughs> I hate I hate Polar I love Express. Polar Express. I can't stand it. I think it's so boring and looks gross. Well, we'll talk about it on the Bagel Basket. Uncanny Valley is yucky in that movie. The Uncanny Valley? You know what the Uncanny Valley is? No. Uh, the Uncanny Valley is, it's typically used in a, it's a, usually it's a video game term, but for the um, Polar Express it applies. The Uncanny, Uncanny Valley is the moment where computer graphics have reached near um, realistic uh, human proportions and look, but it's just off. And your brain is trying to register it as a human face, but it knows something is wrong. And so it's your brain is just constantly screaming at you that there is something in front of you that is wrong and should be avoided at all costs. And I get that big time from the Polar Express, which is totally relevant to Waterworld. I got that with Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh, The Spirits Within? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Big Uncanny Valley on that one. So... Derek Michael Jeter. I almost said Derek Jeter. <laughs> like you do. Michael Jeter. His character, it feels like it was written for someone much older. Because at this time when he made it, he's wearing a gray wig. And he was like 41 at the time. Oh, when really? It, he was that young? Yeah. Yeah, he was like 41 or 42. And they put him in a gray gray wig where here, like... If this felt like like you would get like Michael Caine or like an old British actor, if only Michael Caine was he. Michael Caine probably sworn off all water movies after Jaws four. I oh, would imagine. I I would. <laughs> I agree. I I a hundred percent agree. I feel like they they tried to approach like John Gilgood or like a very British actor. I think Alec Guinness was still alive at this point, and they're like, no, we're not gonna do that. 
I don't want to be in another one of your space fantasy movies. It's called Waterworld. Yes, that's probably but a it space takes, fantasy. I don't care. It takes place in the future. Like, so we're bouncing all over this place because it's so hard to remember. Yeah, this movie, I, I know like one of the usual things that we do is we, we do like a beat by beat of the plot. This movie doesn't deserve it. It doesn't it, deserve it. And, and it's impossible. Like, I could not tell you what happens after pointing. I remember sequences i remember scenes i couldn't tell you what order they come in i couldn't tell you what's important about them there are things in this movie that happen that add nothing to the plot can we talk about kim coates who plays uh uh rapey mctouch touch no um (laughs) this movie no yeah that's actually one of the sequences i'm thinking about when i'm like what did that tell us about any of these characters he it didn't advance anything and th- that's when they're tr- i think that scene was supposed to be like kevin costner is not that bad of a guy because he tries to sell the women for paper but then but- he then he prostitutes them and well i should say j triple h but at first uh kim coates is like i want the little one and he's like no yeah he's like, i want 45 minutes with the little one I'd like to talk to him and kevin costner's like go to hell no that's gross <laughs> He's like hell no, and then the next scene after the next scene is he gets to be with J Triple H, and then he tries to be tries to be, and then Kevin Costner murders him. Yeah, like that to me just was like I I, I didn't understand why he you could not tell his character motivation. Like, why did he sell them to begin with? Was he being greedy? Did he really want to know what's on the paper? Why did he go back on his original? Um, agreement did he decide the paper wasn't worth it in which case he's a jerk for going back on his agreement did he decide that selling women is a horrible thing to do we never saw him make that character decision he just like showed up and was like yeah i'm not doing it now that's why this should have been from the perspective of j triple h because yep because then she would have you would have felt bad for her and then when he came to her aid well, he does. He, he does. shouldn't have sold her to begin with. It makes well, no sense because he's a dick. Yeah, like, but like, ugh, and and this just leads to the next scene where where he give finally gives. He has these crayons, which there's no reason why he should like be so controlling of these crayons. But what's her name? Tina Majorino, Enola loves to draw because she has these head movies in her brain box. And <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I realize she has like constant flashbacks to like when she was a baby and she remembers things from the island that she was born on. Yeah, but movies in her head brain head, box, head movies, head movies in her brain box, uh, like, is yes how how we on Writer's Bagel Basket describe thoughts. That that's from uh, Simple Jack. I'll see oh, you again in my head oh, movies, okay. but this head movie makes my eyes rain. <laughs> like, but. So she has these images in her her head of of like horses and trees and she draws the wrong tree. I'm gonna totally call them out on that. She she draws um. It's like a palm tree. Isn't she it? draws a palm tree and then when they get there, there's no palm trees. You know, there's like eucalyptus trees. <laughs> like, but um. So she she finds his crayons and she starts drawing on the boat. And he's like, these are mine. These Stop are- marking up my boat. And. And then, like, so after the scene with Kim Coates as, like, the gross creeper, after he killed him, the next scene is he's teaching her how to swim. Yeah, like, what 
like, I know, like, well, she has, like, that actually kind of made sense because there was a point where she was talking to him about, like, she comes up to him and she says, like, I've never seen somebody like you or something like that. And he's like, I've never seen somebody who can't swim. And so then, like, he teaches her how to swim. And, like, that was kind of cute, but there was no, like, why did he decide to do that? What, what made him, like, earn respect in her or trust her? Like, if she had, like... You know what would have made this good is if instead of him going down to save um, J Triple H, is if Enola went down and she was like, "No, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna stand for this. I'm gonna go and like try to protect the person who's been protecting me." And then Kevin Costner's like, "Hey, that little girl's got gumption. I respect that. Like that would have been." Mariner, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, well we can still use that map on her back. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just like I. Having Kevin Costner be the main character was the biggest mistake this movie made. Well, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's 13 out of 13, right? Yeah, but I'm just being a butt. Yeah. Um, oh, Ke- is that how you do things on your podcast? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Kevin Reynolds. I think this is the movie that killed his career. I think he only did, like, TV from then on. You're probably right. Um, And he's like... I can't believe I made Kevin Costner star and he treated me this way. Well, that's what happens when you make people stars when they become stars. It goes straight to their they, head. It goes straight to their head. Also, not only did you make him a star, but you also made him Robin Hood. Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, I don't know. The only good thing about that movie is Alan Rickman. Like, <sighs> I'm sure Alan Rickman's the only good thing about a lot of movies. Well, he's the sheriff of... of Rottingham? Uh, rot- rotting, of Nottingham. <laughs> He's the sheriff of Nottingham in that movie. I don't know what it is with Kevin like Reynolds and his movies, but he always needs to have a character who is way too like sexually aggressive. Because you have well, Kim Coates in this movie, and then I think there's a guy in Fandango, but I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> and and then in um. It's just everything about this movie is... It made me so uncomfortable. Everything. Even with Dennis Hopper. And Dennis Hopper... Saying that Dennis Hopper is way too over the top is like... It's hard to get to that point because he's always too over the top. But it's usually enjoyable. Like Even when he's Koopa in (laughs) Super Mario Brothers, he's still great. Even when he's um, trying to bring them all down in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He's pitch perfect. Like, he's great when he's the right amount of Dennis Hopper. But when he's left to his own devices, he just goes too far. He's like, you know what would be great? What if there was a scene? This was his idea. In this movie? or In this movie, the, the scene with the fake eye. Yep. That was his idea. I loved that scene. I thought it was great. You didn't like it? I thought that was just so weird like it It was so weird it just felt too light-hearted for a movie that has been so drab and serious at this point yeah and i agree what i really found weird and like that it ties into that scene is his weird obsession with like getting i guess he's trying to get the map on the on the girl because he wants to get to dry land as well but like 
I don't know what I want to say here. Well, why wouldn't they want anyone else going to dry land? Like, it, it's not like Dennis Hopper was like, yeah, when I get to dry land, I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to rule with an... You know that he would be trying to become, like, a dictator or something he like that. He would, but, you know, also on dry land, there's other ways to, like... He wouldn't have access to his motorboats. Exactly. But they did have... Did they have guns? They had guns. They had... Right? Did they have yeah. guns? How yeah, they, they had guns. Everyone? They had well, they had guns on the boats. Yeah, they were definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they were definitely killing people. So he probably would have been a bad person to have with them at dry land. So I could see that. Can we talk about while we're on him? Can we talk about his death and how stupid it was? Yeah, I his when they do the the bait and switch death when you think he dies the first time, you're like, that's a great death. Yeah, well, he, like, falls off of, like, the boat, like, into the water, like, and it's, like, from, like, a high vantage yeah. point. The Le- second one, he gets onto a jet ski and does a triple crash. Yeah, th- there's a <laughs> With a bungee cr- jump? Yeah, because they're like, get the girl, and and he, uh, Kevin Costner, just ties a bungee cord, and you don't know what's a bungee like, cord. He's in the balloon. He's in, like, the hot air balloon with everyone else. And so he bungee jumps down to pluck the girl out of the water. But you don't know it's a bungee cord. No. You think it's a regular cord, and you're like, how is he going to get back up? He's going to break his legs. And then he grabs her, and then all three three other people just crash into each other and explode. And that's how Dennis Hopper dies. That... He doesn't deserve a death like that. He deserved like a more epic death. He what what should have happened? Can can you be a movie producer and I'll pitch this to you? Okay. So this is how Dennis Hopper dies. All right, let's hear it. He's uh climbing up the rope, okay. chasing after okay. them, and there is a. Uh, Ooh, that sounds exciting. And they cut the rope, and he goes falling to his death. Oh, so it's like a big slow motion and, movie style, like whoa. Right when you think he's going to hit the water and be safe, a boat comes to catch him, and they don't understand because they're all inbred and crazy that metal hurts and his body explodes. Oh, so it's like a body bag. It's like a, it's like a sack of meat just splashing everywhere. I'm yes. for it. That sounds great. You're hired to get $10 million. That death would have been so much better if like they're like, we'll get you. We'll catch you. That would have been, that would have been hysterical because like it would have been a very funny moment, unfortunately. Because, like, it would have been done by the stupidity of his uh, crew. But, like, these guys are so stupid. But when they're on, like, they want you to believe that these idiots are so, like, smart hotshot studs when they just get on a jet ski. Why, hello, Scott. I know I am. You're a hotshot stud on a jet ski? smart hotshot stud. Uh, This movie, man. This movie is just horseshit. It, uh, I don't know. Like, I just don't fully understand it <laughs> like it doesn't i i think I, as i said before it looks beautiful to look at and even when it is kind of gross like i do like the mad max feel to it and i love mad max it's it's one of my favorite film se- series like mm-hmm. that back to the future you mentioned on your other podcast what what film series you like mad max is one of mine oh nice and solid and this i was like oh it looks like Mad Max. That's great. But it's like, let's take all the dialogue that's normal in Mad Max, like we need oil, we need, and let's make them talk like they all had strokes. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, and this magic girl and the magic man and the nah, 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 nah. It's like Tom Waits wrote the lyrics, wrote um, the dialogue. <laughs> and like the thing with the map, speaking of the map there, like 
the the fact that the only thing they needed to do to learn how to read it was flip it upside down that's the dumbest thing in the world like are you serious that you never thought about doing that and that's in all your time trying to decipher it that's how they realize how to get to dry land is oh uh how did you figure it out well i just turned my head to the left <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly it. it's like oh that way Oh, geez. Because didn't he figure it out by looking at old National Geographics? Um, I think so. No, no, no. You know, he look. He was looking at the old National Geographics, and he knew that she was telling the truth about dry land. And then he, I don't even remember how they decided to look at it upside down. Maybe it was from the National Geographic, but they were like, the symbols don't make any sense. They're like longitude, latitude stuff, but they're but they're upside down. He was like, let's look at it backwards. Oh, oh, that's it stupid i would love i would love for j triple h to come down and be like why do you have all these naked tribal women it's Uh, art uh maps lots of maps but you painted around their in their maps all maps i'm tracking maps you know would this movie be better if they had a different mariner like yes this movie would be better if they had a different actor as the Mariner and a different perspective. <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> that would have been great. Nah, no. 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 Um, Tom Cruise might have been able to do it well. Cause like, so- Liam Neeson. This was before Taken. Yeah, oh, it was way before Taken. This yeah, was this was way... Menace. Yeah, but this was before like Liam Neeson. I feel like Liam Neeson might have been a little too old as well. But because he I, still I, has charisma. Oh, he definitely does. He's definitely I mean, a um, more interesting actor i think i might lose my credibility as both a film critic and as you know uh too late (laughs) thank you but i love keanu reeves how great would like keanu reeves strung out keanu reeves oh keanu would have been good um this was pre-matrix by two years this was johnny johnny mnemonic because johnny mnemonic came out the same summer Mm -hmm. that would have been great if Um, he did this instead i could see keanu because because he's he could be quiet and stoic for a lot of it kind of like neo is or john wick yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wick too. Um, Love John Wick. He could be. He could totally have pulled this off. I think. Um, I think uh, Keanu would have been a perfect cast for this. Huh. Uh, can I? Can I just say something for your uh, next next year's summer movie draft? Yep. Pick John Wick three. Oh, that's coming out next year. Next summer. It's a hot take. You heard it here first. Yeah. That movie. I I read the synopsis and it's gonna be amazing. Did they kill his dog again? No. He has to hide his dog with Johnny Legs, and he has to escape New York. Is it called John Wick Three: Escape to New York? No, it's like like Rumble Shack or like something like that. Rumble Shack, okay. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's like the Love Shack. No, it's like that's the safe house name that he's mm. trying to get to. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, but but Keanu Reeves would have been great. Like an actor. Oh, um, Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad. Because this been was good after too. Interview with the Vampire. Yep. Like, Brad Pitt would have been great. You know who else might have been pretty good is uh Bruce Willis. Like shave his head. No, no, but I I agree. But I wouldn't want him at this time because he was in Twelve Monkeys. So I I'd rather have You'd him. Rather in, have Twelve Monkeys. I'd rather have Twelve Monkeys. You'd rather have Twelve Monkeys than Waterworld. What's the matter with you? I love Twelve Monkeys. Um. Uh, mm. th- there's so many better people. Like you. Lily Tomlin would have been. <laughs> Hold one minute, please. Like anyone would have been better than Kevin Costner. Danny DeVito. 
Oh my, I would pay through the... No- Danny DeVito facing off against Dennis Hopper? Take my goddamn money now. Shut up and take my money. That would have been amazing. Have a very charming British uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> He's like, this is, this is for Robin Hood. Were there any parts of the movie that you did like? I mean, yeah, there, there are certain scenes that I do like. Um, I, I love the scene when they go underwater and because she doesn't believe it actually is pretty magical that scene is is the best scene in the movie for me mm-hmm. when he sees the underwater city or she sees the underwater city he's like told you it was under here you dummy yeah why didn't you believe me j triple h i i'm shocked that he didn't like always just constantly have like giant bags of dirt on his uh on his boat then I think the reason they didn't do that because then they're like, you know the way to dry land. Yeah, he didn't want to because like he had to like explain away where he even had his dirt from. So, I just want to point out that usually on on the podcast, uh, so usually you come over here and we watch it, or I mm-hmm. go to you, and we usually watch it from my voodoo, and I usually have it because. These no. are great movies that well, they're not great movies, but they're things that you're either nostalgic for and or I you, watch or you again. enjoy like or enjoy owning. And I rented this. Why? Why didn't you why didn't you buy? I don't want to rent, I wanna own. And I still have it for another twenty one hours. How many more times are you gonna watch it, Scott? Never. Oh come on, man. And you even Scott would not um splurge to get me the H D version. You told me not to do it. <laughs> you looked me dead in the eye. And you're like, don't do it. We don't need to see this in HD. Yeah. Uh, so I really like the scene. The, the scene always stuck Kumail with me. Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. <laughs> no, when... Um, As this. When, when, when the mariner is on the boat and he's holding a, uh, a flare over like the this tube that goes down to the engine oil room, I always liked that standoff scene. And then when he actually drops the flare down there, there's this... One character. Yeah, we didn't even life, talk about this guy. Who's because he's only in two, literally two scenes. But he steals each scene. He does. He, he he's this guy who lives in the oil tank on a <sighs> boat, and like it's his job to just be constantly reporting on how much oil is left. He would have been dead within a week. Oh yeah, definitely from the fumes and from just grossness. But the flare falls in. It hits the oil, starts to ignite it, and he just looks at it and he goes. Oh, thank God. I've been here for two weeks. I'm 15 years old, and I look like I'm a thousand. And I have a great big bushy beard. But that's my, that's always been my favorite part of the movie. I just oh, love thank it. thank God. I mean, like, there are things that I do like in this movie. Uh, like all of it? No. 10 out of 10. I, I, like, I like the end scene, um, like, when they finally get to dry land. And I like when, when he shows, like... We destroyed the earth. This is yeah. what it looked like. If it had that feel the entire movie, mm-hmm. I may have liked this more. It, more mystical and wonder and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and I feel like I, I only liked this the first time I saw it um, because I had just seen Virtuosity. I thought you said you hated it the first time. You were like, even seven-year-old me knew this was a bad movie. Did yeah, like but also there it? was a butt in it. <laughs> there, oh, that's right. You did say the butt was good. Um, I do like butts. Everyone likes butts. I'm I'm Dean. I'm Tina Belcher. I'm <laughs> Dina. Oh, you're Dina. Ooh, you're wearing your hair to the other side, there, girl. Um, no. 
when I saw this the first time, like, I didn't hate it as much as I do now. And, like, I watched it again. I was like, oh, this is fine. It was bad, but, you know, it it wasn't... I don't feel about it then as I do now. Fair. And, um... <laughs> but I, I remember I was like, oh, I just saw Virtuosity, so this is not as terrible. Do you think the people at Voodoo, when you rented this... Like the person who like works on the voodoo tubes over I'm there. I'm probably like, gonna get a what phone the call. Hell, somebody rented Waterworld. I'm what prob- is wrong? I'm probably gonna get a phone call from them, being like, "Did someone steal your identity?" Yeah. Or like, um, did you hear about the time that somebody watched like Netflix for like three days straight, and like Netflix, uh, they watched The Office for like three days straight on Netflix, and the Netflix contacted them to make sure that they were okay and not like horribly depressed. That's what's gonna happen to you with this. They're gonna be like. Uh, sir? sir? Well, if I you... watch it any more times, probably. Yeah. You should just put it on repeat and see if anything happens. <laughs> they, they're they like, oh, you like it so much? We're gifting it to you. No! No! <laughs> oh, no! I gotta get a new Hoodoo account and burn it all down. Just, uh, this movie just makes me uncomfortable. Um, <sighs> I mean, yeah, I did backtrack, but... I oh, just remember we're jumping all over the place. No, I just, I just, re- I did remember as we were talking oh. that I did see Virtuosity around the same time that I saw this movie, and I was like, and Virtuosity was like one of my first R-rated movies I saw, and I was like, oh, age th- seven, oh my god, uh, ninety-five. I was eight. Oh, okay. Virtuosity was only rated R because of violence. Like the rule was, I can handle language and violence. My mom didn't want me seeing any nudity and then when when that scene came on with j triple a she's like don't tell your mom (laughs) (laughs) like it's a butt (laughs) it's a butt and so i just saw virtuosity i was like oh man that movie's terrible i gotta lie to myself and say that this movie is good and then as we were driving home i was like that was not good (laughs) this was just like at the downfall of kevin costner like he didn't make many movies for a very long time after mm-hmm. this after the postman i believe yeah because i think was right after this yeah it was two years later um because it was already in production at this time when this came out he was already filming the postman and it came out in 97 and then not until 2002 did he like really reappear wow with open range and still no one saw that movie yeah i don't think i even heard of it him and robert duvall are buddy cowboys <laughs> Oh. And uh, the creepy McCreeper from this movie is a cowboy who is working for um, Michael Gambon, Dumbledore. The yep, guy who played yep, Dumbledore. Yep, yep. Well, um, the second Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore 2. Now we have a third one. Yeah, we have a great third one. I love Jude We haven't seen the movie yet. He could suck. Oh, he's going to be so charming. He yeah, might, might suck. He was Watson. So? He was great as Watson. Oh, yeah, he was pretty good. Just Kevin Costner nearly destroyed his career with this, and thank God he's kind of making a comeback because I do like him. I loved him in Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. and uh, that other movie he made with Octavia Spencer. Shape the- of Water. <laughs> yes, he's the creature. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey. Doug Jones is going to Grand State Comic Con. It's pretty exciting. Oh, I've met I've met Doug be- several times, and I've interviewed him, and he's always been a delight. Oh, you interviewed him? I don't remember yep. that. That's cool. Yep. Uh, He's a good dude. But Kevin Costner, man, what the hell was he thinking? 
He was thinking this is going to be a great Universal Studios stunt show. Have you ever seen the Universal Studios? I love. Okay, it's so awesome. That okay, I should say that's the thing I love the most about Waterworld. <laughs> What's your favorite part about it? Because this whole movie does feel like a stunt show. I will say that, like the stunts, that final battle scene is great. Yep. Yeah. That's great, but the two hours leading up to the final sixteen minutes of this movie, just oh, it's an eternity. And and like it's you're not invested in any of the characters, so what's happening on the screen doesn't resonate with you. Like that's my biggest issue with the movie. Ten out of ten. You said you rev- you wanted to shorten Last Action Hero by thirty minutes. Would you? How many minutes would you shorten? Oh, this, this by? could be a ninety minute movie. This could easily be a ninety minute. This movie. could be ninety minutes tops. Yep. And like. What if they did this entire movie silent? That'd be really interesting. Like civilization is so gone that it's just like all like verb- nonverbal communication and stuff like that. That'd be interesting. I'd be I'd be interested. They all became like cave people. And there's no cave, Scott. It's water, <laughs> ice. Man, the world must suck. Does it rain still? Never rain. It has to, right? I imagine. Like, do you still have like climates? And I mean, you know what never happened in the, Oh my god! Can you imagine like tsunami waves and tidal waves and and, and just that must ocean be storms? N- I would just. That's yeah. probably why there's so few people. I would just kill myself. That's. Oh Jesus Christ! I've seen like Perfect Storm, and there's that other movie that's coming out soon with I think Shailene Woodley in it. Adrift. Yeah, about like. People who are out on a boat and a giant wave comes by and just demolishes them. But and that, holy shit, that scares me. See, Poseidon Adventure, get out of here. I also hate open water. Yeah, I hate open water. Fun. My wife hates open water. Open water is terrifying. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Well, ha, ha, ha. Huh, that movie is, in fact, terrifying. <laughs> but just everything about the ocean frightens me i hate boats i hate helicopters and i hate boats 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 but my my big question as we were talking about like if it rains how does how does pofo poor poor man's willem defoe how does he keep that luscious locks mane yeah, like those things were were huge cuz he can't have that much money to be taking baths all the time he is well he clearly prided himself on on his grooming because of that line that he said where oh you should try a fresh water bath it makes you feel amazing blah 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 so maybe he's just like really into himself but it's not like they have avocados for him to put in his hair for it to like moisturize and And to give volume and stuff like that (laughs) like it's not like there's a woman Uh, i'm still super creeped out when like they the people in this town meet me kevin costner and they're like please bang these women it wouldn't be our pleasure yeah weird it would honor us is what they said that uh, you know why why not dystopian societies i think the one dystopian let's talk about dystopias okay dystopian movies the one dystopia that has always like made me happy i don't want to say happy but like that i could kind of tolerate living in is children of men Oh, okay. Where everyone is, is it, sterile. Because <laughs> at least, I mean, the only thing that makes that a dystopia is civilization is ending. So, like, life could still continue relatively as normal? Because, is that what you're because about? what's her name uh, gets pregnant. Like, what the, the girl ends up getting pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's proof that there is still a way to have life. Which would be nice, yes. 
So for post-apocalyptic, I'm trying to think of things that I really enjoy. And then there's post-apocalyptic. Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max is almost unfair. I um, mean, I loved Fury Road. Post-apocalypse. I like th- this is gonna idiocracy. Left field. Uh, idiocracy is good. I I tend to like um, zombie movies, and I really enjoy um, George Romero's interpretations in. Um, Dawn and Day of the Dead. I love Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead's so good. I met him. I met uh, not George. I met uh, what? What's the Savini? The the um. No, not not Tom Savini. The the zombie. The guy who played the zombie. Oh, the guy who played Bub. I don't Bub, remember the name. Yeah, of the I met Bub. I don't remember the name of the actor. Oh, he was so nice. He's like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that uh, he's super German. I did meet um. Romero, at one point. Ah, oh, I never he, got to he, meet Romero. He went to a college near us when we were in school, and he did a signing, a talk, and then he screened Creep Show. Oh my god, that must have been great. It was. It was fantastic. But this, on the scale of dystopians, this is the one that I definitely would not want to be in. Because I told you before, like while we were watching the movie. I have a fear of drowning. Well, you said you have a fear of, like, living. Dying. Oh, death. Death. It's fear of death. Sorry. Yeah, yeah but you said you had a fear of dying because, like, you almost drowned twice? Twice before the age of 10. <laughs> like that, That's... I mean, I have a, a minor fear of dogs for a very similar reason. Not because I almost drowned, but because um, I had bad encounters with dogs at a young age. So, like, that's, like, a... That's something that gets deep ingrained in your head. That's why I took swim lessons and, you know, started professionally swimming. Because... You professionally swam? You were paid to swim? Well, I was a Mass Bay Marlin. They trained you. So, if you got good enough, you could end up... Cool. You know, qualifying for stuff. But... But you know my. So you were on like a swim team and stuff. I was on a swim team for the Mass Bay Marlins for a year, year and a half. But I was just after a while, my asthma just got so bad, um, so which is I code was... for I just got so fat because I had exercise-induced asthma. Which, which is fair. Oh wow, that that sounds rough. Um, I, I was on a swim team in high school. I did three years of it, so that was less than fun. But also, was... I killed my shoulders. Oh, yeah, they'll do it because killed... you're, you're just rotating that joint. How yeah. old were you at this point? I started swimming when I was six mm-hmm. because I was, I had that bad encounter. Yep. And so then I was like, I'm going to make water my bitch. And my mom's like, Scott, don't say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember taking swim lessons. I have pictures of me when I was like two is when I started doing swim lessons. And then I continued to swim regularly through swim lessons up through like middle school. And then I just... I was a lifeguard for a while, too. I really liked the water. Like, long story short, I liked pools and lakes, but the ocean can go to hell. And, Ocean's scary. But this is my nightmare. Yes. Drowning. In in good the ocean good, of all places. Good to know what makes you scared, Scott. Good to know. I'm just going to wake up, and you're just going to be like, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're well, going to no, die. You're going to wake up drowning, Scott. Yeah, well, you say that. Good to know. Hmm. <laughs> so, well, how'd I, you almost drown? How did I almost... Asking. Uh, so, I, I can't really remember the... I remember a, a kid uh, playing with me, and he put my head underwater. What? He, he said... 
He said, we're going to play cops and robbers, and he just held my head underwater. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to wait for the cops to show up and stop me. <laughs> yeah. And my mom ended up pulling him off me, and she was like, stop that. And Your then hammer the pulled you off. What? Your hammer pulled you off. My mom. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Korg. <laughs> and, and then the other time um, was we were away on a family vacation, and a family friend is like, I'll teach you how to swim, and... and She's like, kick your legs. And then, like, her kid called her, and she's like, oh, wait right here. And she just let go. <laughs> and I just started drowning. And my dad grabbed me. He dove in, and he grabbed me. And I was like, <coughs> you saved me. That'll do it. Yeah, that, that sounds like a rough time. <laughs> and That's... I was like, water, bad. <laughs> water, very bad. I make you my bitch. And then, no. So, hmm. so this would be my hell. Like, Waterworld would be my hell. Especially if I had to dress like they did. For someone who is supposed to, like, they wear very thick clothing for being surrounded by water. Yeah. What do that, you... It would have been, like, the shoes that they wear and stuff like that would make it very difficult to swim in. Especially, like, um, JHHH, she was wearing, like, a dress. She was wearing a burlap dress. Yeah, like... If you fall into the water, that's going to weigh you down so much. Well, look what he's wearing. He's wearing basically three layers of clothing, and some of it is leather. He doesn't count, though, because he's some sort of mystical fish man with, with, uh, with feety gills. So, like, eh. Okay, suspension of disbelief for him, but everyone else, it's like you would sink. Like what rock. if there was a twist where the movie just ends with, like, Michael Shannon showing up and throwing him into uh, that facility and... <laughs> That would be in great. In Shape of Water. And then um, Kevin Costner's son comes and breaks him out of uh, prison because he's, he's Superman Jesus. Yeah. You combined everything. Shape of Water, mm. Water World, Man of Steel. Like like you do. I just... I can't say any more about this movie. It just makes me so upset. Yeah, I think I'm about tapped on it, too. Um, it's just, when, when we've gotten to the point where we're talking about your drowning stories. I think that uh, should be an indication as to how good water world is. I feel like if someone like saved my life, if my dad saved my life, he's like, ah, you're in luck. There's going to be a movie about water world. Just, <clears throat> just throw me back in the water. <laughs> I'm good. Let the calm wash over me. <laughs> so Scott, on a scale of one to 13 bagels, how many bagels does this movie get? Have left are two. Cause I love those two scenes. I love that. Two. There's two bagels left. Okay. I took out 11. This film is just awful. And that underwater scene gets a bagel because that scene was great. It showed us how terrible we are and what we can do to our planet. And then that other scene, that that end battle scene, like that stuff was great. How many for you? Um, Well, this movie is... It's not perfect. It has some issues. Um, but I definitely have like a nostalgic place for it in my heart. So I'm going to give this movie 13 out of 13 bagels. Perfect 10. It uh, is beautiful and I love it. No, but seriously, I'm going to probably give it like a four. There's like four bagels left. Because just what the hell? It's so boring. What even is and what happened and... 
There's Why? no humor. There's no humor in this movie. Yeah, but there was some. I, I like you. I enjoyed those two scenes that you were talking about. I really like the um, him below the water. I really like um, everything from the the flare drop up through the triple crash is interesting and fun. Um, J Triple H. Yeah, J Triple H is great. There's it's some of the sets are really cool and some of the world building is really neat. Just like how like this is how this world is. Also, we never talked about it. I loved, 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 loved his uh, his boat. His, his boat is great. It's, I, I, I did like the boat. I, it's not called a pontoon boat. It's called a catamaran. I think it's technically called it is a catamaran. catamaran. Um, it's awesome. It's so cool. That's, but it's also easily destroyed. Yeah, like it constantly is and then it's constantly rebuilt um, except over when and over they, again. Except when they light it on fire and then the next scene is him banging J Triple H. Yeah, obviously. Like she's like, why didn't you kiss me before? Because you didn't want it. You know what? what? Five bagels. This movie's great. 13 out of 13, 10 out of 10. Perfect movie. So Goodbye. Happy bagel basket. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Scott. I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, Swear to me. So yeah, we are continuing. Um, we're, Don't we're, say we. You are. I'm yeah. not going to be on any of these episodes. Your podcast is going to keep on chugging along. Well, <laughs> you're going to be back. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so yeah. Well, no refunds happens eventually. We, I'm very, very lackadaisical with that show. <laughs> There is another flop buster towards the end of the end of this summer that I do want you on for. Yes, I know you said. I don't think you've told me which one it is. Titan A. Oh, Don yeah. Bluth's last film. Is Don Bluth dead? No, he's still alive. Okay, he just doesn't make he, movies anymore. This movie. Whew, scared me. No, this movie, he goes, I'm not making movies anymore because of this movie. Oh, man. Don Bluth was great. Yeah. It's basically Treasure Planet before Treasure Planet came out. I remember the, when that movie came out. Yeah. But anyways. So... Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. Bye. Bye.